zumba. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump. Season 4, episode 16. Walking us on tonight, Secreto El Biberon, Parque Me Mate El Doro. The walk on music of. Oh, I forgot. Someone else is Eduardo, Eduardo Nunez. My name is Joel. Thank you very much for listening to us tonight. With me tonight are Sam and Eli. Fellas, how you doing? I'm doing good, Joel. This is Sam. Uh, I'm broadcasting from Brooklyn tonight. I really think that you should text me the link for that song because that shit is amazing. Mm. And I'm going to want to blast it at work tomorrow. I will do that. (laughs) Hey, Joel. This is Eli. Uh, I'm coming at you from the PVD. And um, I had the pleasure of hearing that song in real life at a Red Sox-Yankee game that I went to in person the other day. Yeah. It was uh, an amazing <laughs> song to come up to, even though he, he hit like shit that game. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Well, you'll have to tell us more about that game, because, I don't know, you're putting, putting your, your life in front of the podcast here, Eli, man. Yeah. Um. Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for everyone who listened to us last week. Um, I bet you guys are not surprised that our most popular episode was actually our episode from two weeks ago, the Rihanna episode. It was. Yes, yes. I knew it would be. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the plan... That's because everyone's looking for you to land them a day with Rihanna. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you listened to last week's episode about all the plans for the Miami Marlins, thank you. If you didn't check us out, you can find us on SoundCloud.com, uh, SoundCloud.com slash UmpInHemp. Sure, why not? Uh, find us um, on Twitter at DumpOnTheUmp. Find <clears throat> us on... We will troll Yes, and we're up to... 82 followers, so we're closing in on one millionth of the following of Rihanna, which I think is a big deal. Yeah. Well, I think all of the people who have blocked us on Twitter probably is larger number than the number of people who are following us on Twitter. Right. 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 We're trying to up our our troll game. Yeah. Um, We're really mean. Yeah. (laughs) Really mean on Twitter. I think I needed to up my meanness this week. I wasn't mean enough this week. That's why we got like 10 more followers, because I wasn't telling people to fuck off yeah. like I usually do. Right. The problem is... is Heading that, in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you don't stay on top of it, we're just going to keep getting more and more followers. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> um, hey, listeners from Brooklyn, Champaign, Chicago, Centerville... Barry Vermont, welcome back. Welcome also, Unakulam, India? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Karachi, Pakistan. Hey, we, we've we got listeners in India and Pakistan, guys. We're going to bring hey. peace to the world here. Uh, Izmir, to finding uh, common ground through Dump on the Ump. Right. Maybe we really need to up our cricket game for our um, South Asian listeners. Um, Does that mean we have to learn how to play it first? (laughs) Exactly. Or at least understand it. (laughs) I literally have no idea how to up our cricket game. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it looks kind of like baseball, right? How hard can it be? I have a friend from South Africa, and uh, no fewer than three or four times he spent probably close to an hour sessions explaining the game to me. And I feel like after getting that 
in depth about it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, you never watch it, you never hear about it, right. and you never read about it ever again. So within probably a matter of days, it's gone. Right. Right. What we really need is cricket.tv or the Cricket Network on our cable packages so that we can watch every out-of-market cricket game, which I assume is every cricket game. Which is li all of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, thank you, everyone, for listening last week. Uh, tell your friends. Also, thank you for people who are giving us ratings on iTunes. We got a couple. Um, nice. We've got a bunch of five-star ratings and one one-star rating. Which uh, read I, the one-star rating. Oh, okay. I'll, uh, well, it's not a review. It's just a rating. Oh, just a rating. Just a rating. So I, I will fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. Or gal. Yeah. Fuck that person. <laughs> um, yeah. This is Sam. That was me. That was you. Yeah, I thought it was you. <laughs> um, Sam's a really heavy self-critic. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you gotta check that out. That that could be dangerous, Sam. Gotta go easy yeah. on yourself. Um. So yeah, this is ostensibly a baseball podcast. So you guys, um, I don't know if you know this, but the Boston Red Sox are off to the best start in franchise history. Did you know that? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Breaking news. Breaking I'm down on the up. Breaking yeah. news. <laughs> um, it must be kind of crazy being the only person who pays attention to baseball statistics, Joe. That's like, that's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders. I know, I know. I mean, we all have our burdens in life. Yeah. Um, uh, no, well, it's amazing, Joel. I can tell you as a Red Sox fan, um, being off to such a strong start. What are we at now, Sam? 13-2? Yeah. 13-2 uh, going into tonight. tonight. Going into tonight, playing the Angels uh, in the first of a three-game series, and it feels good. It's, it's sort of like, you know, when you start off a new season, you kind of forget that baseball is an up-and-down sport when you start off at 13-2. and two. I wonder how my emotions are going to flow when... Um, you know, if and when things balance themselves out. Right. Right, you're going to have... But maybe they won't. Yeah. There'll be... Well, what are they... If you're 13-2, and two, let's do the math. They're on track for more than 130 wins this season. <laughs> yes! <laughs> 132 <laughs> wins. 132 and 30. You know, I was looking at the wins by year... Uh, earlier today for the Red Sox. And there was a year recently, uh, not too long ago, when they had, I want to say, like, uh, close to close to 100, but I don't think they've broken 100 in a while. Do you know, Sam? I don't know. It's, I, it's really hard to break 100 wins. Right, yeah. In the majors. It's like a really incredibly difficult thing to do for any team. And there were, what, three teams last year who did it? Really? Two or three. I think there was three. Was, what was uh, it, Texas and the Dodgers? Texas, the Dodgers, and Cleveland, I think, all won more than 100 games. Tex uh, the Texas Rangers? Uh, no, sorry, Houston. Houston, oh, Houston. yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought Houston won 96 games, but I'll look that up also. Um, no, I think Houston won 103 and... Uh, Cleveland won 100 or 101. And LA won a lot. They won a lot. They all won a lot of games. Wow. No. And they all play in weak-ass divisions. So. Yeah, that is key. Huh. I'm looking at okay. Wikipedia right now. You want to know the last time the Red Sox won 100 games? Yeah. Did you take it out, Eli? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 2007. No, they won 96 19? games 2007. Wait, say that again, Joel? They won 96 games in 2007. Yeah, the last time they broke 100 was 1915 with 101. No, 1946. Oh, oh, I missed it. Yeah, 1946. Yeah. Lost the World Series to the Cardinals. Hmm. 
Um, they, I mean, every time they won a World Series, so they won in 2004, they got 98 wins. They won in 2007, they got 96 wins. And they won in 2013 with 97 wins. So that's pretty consistent. And they've won 93 wins, 93 games in each of their last two seasons. Hmm. Uh, and won the division two seasons yes. in a row, which they'd never done before. Right. Um, so that's interesting. So they're off to their best start in franchise history. And Sam, were you the one telling me that their previous best start was 1918? Yeah, don't fact check that, but that's what I seem to recall. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at that season. Yeah, because I am 120 years old, so I would remember that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I actually uh, met a guy who claimed to be 120 years old a couple weeks ago, but uh, was he, he actually? No, he was just drunk. Maybe. Did he show you his dick in the gym locker room? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that, no, he didn't. <laughs> That's a different story. That's a different story. <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. Um, so why are the Red Sox so good right now? Pitching, mostly. Well, yeah. and hitting. But they have, like, a really amazing pitching staff kind of start to finish. Uh-huh. Uh, and they've had a couple people who, like, stepped up and filled some roles for some injured guys who have overperformed, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Their bullpen has been really strong. They got the best starter and the best closer in baseball. Uh, Top three starter, anyway. And the best closer. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We're starting off this season with a healthy David Price, which uh, we haven't had in the last couple seasons since he's joined us, really. And uh, it really makes. And a difference. for being totally honest, our first nine games were against the Marlins and Tampa Bay, right? Which does which doesn't hurt, right? Yeah, both of those teams are bad. Yeah, they're both real bad. But then we took two out of three from the Yankees, and we swept the Oracle. So right. that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 The Orioles aren't great, but they're better than Tampa Bay. That's for sure. Or Miami. Or Miami. Well, Miami's not even really a team. Right. The farm, the farm <laughs> you know? leagues. Yeah. I was watching um, – I, I wasn't watching the game. I was just on Twitter when the Marlins were playing the Yankees. And all of Twitter kind of at once went LOL Marlins at the same time. And I had no <laughs> idea what had happened. And later I found out it was – uh, one of the outfielders just lost a ball, a easy pop fly in the lights, and let it fall right behind him. Um, <laughs> but but it was really entertaining to be watching basically twit- all of baseball Twitter at once go LOL Marlins at the same time. The Boston Red Sox each spring will play uh, a game against Northeastern University, which is a, a university in Boston. And it's partly so that, you know, the college students have an opportunity to play with these stars and uh, it's a great experience for them. But I think half of it also is to just really boost the egos of the pros. And I feel like that's the experience that every single team is getting in the MLB right now when they get to face the Marlins. (laughs) Yeah. However, right now, middle of the sixth, Miami 7, New York 0. So, there's that. Good. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Speaking of losing a ball in the lights, uh, at this Red Sox-Yankee game that I went to last week, um, uh, G. Carlos Stanton, who was playing left field uh, at Fenway Park, which has the Green Monster, ran over to the side, to the line. I mean, like a total can of corn, ball up in the air, should have been under it for days, overran it by about 15 feet and just landed <laughs> behind him for a double. It was really fun to laugh at him. 
Um, well, let's talk about the Yankees' defense for a second, because also during that game, I kept texting Eli during this game because I was listening to it on the radio. Uh-huh. I was listening to the Boston broadcast, and this guy, Joe Castiglione, who's like the voice of the Red Sox, and has been for my entire life, basically, all 120 years of it, um, <laughs> was just laying into the Yankees catcher, Gary Sanchez, so hard for being a terrible defensive catcher. And <clears throat> the way that I heard, the way that it sounded on the radio anyway, and Eli, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it just sounded like Gary Sanchez made an error at every single possible play <laughs> that he had. He like was dropping the ball and there were like a bunch of pass balls and like they were just, he was like, at one point he's like, yeah, the, the Yankees just have real sloppy play around home play is what he said. Yeah, it was pretty bad. He he probably gave up two strikeouts by his pitcher just not being able to handle the ball at the plate, and then he had a couple of throwing it. I mean, yeah, he was bad. And last year, you might recall that he was benched for poor defensive play by Joe Girardi, who's a famous catcher himself. And then he's just like, he's like a total liability behind the plate. I don't know why they still have him there. Why isn't he not just DHing? It's true. It does make you wonder what his uh, shelf life is behind the plate because, you know, the day before he hit two home runs, uh, one off of David Price running him right out of the game, although he ostensibly had an injury. Is Um, he pitching tonight too? Yes. Uh, and then there was the Giancarlo Stanton mistake. And granted, I don't know how he is like historically as a fielder, but he's not a natural left fielder. He's always played right field, uh-huh. uh, is what they were saying on the radio anyway. Um, so that could have something to do with it. Uh, but just from this opening series, the Yankees looked like a real sloppy team. And it's possible that everybody has kind of overlooked their shortcomings because right. of their you know, projected 250 home runs in the middle of their lineup. Right, right. Well, John Carlos... Which is like... Which is what? Blinding. Yeah, yeah. Um, When you see Aaron Judge and John Carlos and and Gary Sanchez back-to-back-to-back, and you're like, this is going to be the best team of all time. Oh, my God. And then it's like, oh, but they can't play baseball really all they can do it's like you have three dhs back to back <laughs> so so far this year in 2018 john carlos stanton has had 62 uh 71 sorry 71 plate appearances uh-huh. he has walked seven times and struck out 27 times Fuck. so at this rate you know, he could easily have over 200 strikeouts this season. Right. He could have close to 300 he strikeouts could have close to 300. at this pace. Yeah. And he's hit three home runs. But last year, he hit 59 home runs with Miami. Right. How many times did he strike out in Miami? Last year, in 692 plate appearances, he struck out 163 times. So about you know, one out of six times he would strike out. Right now he's striking out one out of three times. So far this year, in the first 15 games, he's basically doubled his strikeout rate. Also, his slugging percentage is way down. His OPS is way down. On-base percentage is a little bit down. Not not bad. Which is weird. Yeah. He's stolen a base. That's weird. He only stole two bases all year last year. He's already stolen one this year. Maybe he's going to reinvent himself as a base stealer. Steal 30 bases this year. Um, so I was just reading about the 1918 World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. The last time the Red Sox won a World Series until 
2004. The Red Sox went 75 and 51 that season. And the season was called short, was stopped early because of World War One. The World Series was played from September 5th to September 11th and is the only World Series ever to be played entirely in the month of September. The Chicago games were played at Comiskey Park. The Boston games were played at Fenway Park. In Game 1, the Red Sox won Game 1 in Chicago 1-0, a shutout pitched by Babe Ruth. Yeah, it was. And it was the first game when the Star Spangled Banner was played during the seventh inning stretch. During the seventh inning stretch, the U.S. Navy Band began to play the Star Spangled Banner. Red Sox infielder Fred Thomas was in the Navy and been granted furlough to play in the World Series. He immediately turned toward the American flag and gave it a military salute. Other players turned to the flag with hands over hearts, and the already standing crowd began to sing. At the song's conclusion, the previously quiet fans erupted in thunderous applause. And thus became born a tradition of playing the Star Spangled Banner at games. But they usually play it before the game. Yeah, now they do. At that time, I guess it, was, it wasn't even the national anthem yet. The Star Spangled Banner did not become the national anthem until uh, 1931. Probably baseball did that. I wonder. I wonder, yeah. The Red Sox won that World Series despite hitting a team batting average of 186. Whoa. (laughs) Dang. There was a lot of walks and ends. They scored the fewest runs of any winning team ever. They scored... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They scored nine runs in six games and won the series. Some epic pitching, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Babe Ruth pitched every game? No, I think that was one of the strengths of the Red Sox that year is that they actually had pitchers. They actually had, like, a rotation. Hmm. He pitched game one, game four... He won game four. He pitched two games. He pitched game one and game four. He won them both. Hmm. Uh, won game four, three to two. He pitched all that entire game also? Um, he is the only starting pitcher in World Series history to bat other than ninth in the batting order. He bat- batted sixth for the Red Sox in game four. To this day? Uh, yeah, the only starting pitcher in World Series history to bat other than ninth in a batting order. Huh, because there's this big thing now in the batting lineups where managers are having their pitchers hit eighth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've noticed that. Is there a reason why? I think that they're trying to get people on base ahead of their one hitter. Oh, uh uh-huh. Because, like, the one hitter is one of your best hitters, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so it's good to have him leading off the game. You want to get him as many at-bats as possible, but you also kind of want people to get on in front of them. Yeah. As the game goes on. Well, so. speaking of Babe Ruth, um, your Red Sox are playing the Angels tonight. Yep. And uh, who's pitching for the Angels? Oh, you know who's pitching yeah. for the Angels. <laughs> yeah. That's your boy, Shohei Otani. Otani. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, he's is this only his third start of the season? I think so. Fourth. Fourth. How Fourth. did he do in his third start? Because he was uh, he got a win. He, he got, I think he got a no decision in it. Oh no no no! You know what? It might be his third start. Um, I'm that, checking right now. I think, I think, one. yeah, I think he's 2-0. Oh. Um, yeah, but did he get a no decision in one game? I'm or checking. has he won both of the games he started? 
he got a win in his second game, I know, but I, I think that I don't know about his first game. Yeah, he's he's pitched two games. He's two and zero. He's got an ELA of two point oh eight. Um, how many Ks does he have? Eighteen. Eighteen to two walks. Yeah, his whip is point four six. Yeah, pretty <laughs> damn good. So that this will be an interesting game. This will be pretty exciting. And you guys have. Yeah, a, I, wanna, I want to give a shout out to our cousins yeah. right now, actually, yeah. who are a West Coast family, and they live in Southern California, and they're big Angels fans. Uh, Andy and Ryan, we have a bet going with them. Uh, that's, <clears throat> you know, for those law enforcement officials out there, it's not like a money bet, so <laughs> it's fine. I think we've yeah. admitted uh, to all of our law enforcement listeners yeah. can breathe easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've exactly. admitted to committing several crimes in the history of this podcast, of which betting yeah. on a baseball game would not be the most severe. Well, we are a walking conflict of interest for law enforcement fans. It's right, true. Right, right. But in this case, not that's not the case. So uh, the bet is, what is the bet, Eli, exactly? It's whoever wins the series, whoever's team loses the series... They have to post a picture on Facebook with the other team's gear on. Is that the deal? Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's got to have some reference to the series score. So it's a three-game series. If um, whichever team wins the series, the, the losing family members have to hold up a sign or wear gear or do something to show deference to the more superior part of the family. <laughs> nice. I feel like you, you guys should have made a better bet. Um, for example, you know when governors of states or mayors of cities always make bets over the Super Bowl or the World uh-huh. Series, you should have made a food-based bet. Like if the Red Sox won, they had to eat an entire can of Boston baked beans and post that on Facebook. And if the Angels won, I don't know. What's we'd LA? Have a, we'd have to eat a vegan gluten-free pizza or <laughs> some stupid shit like that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what they eat in Southern California. Right, right. <laughs> I think that, see, but that's not that's not a fair, that's not like an equal bet. You know? Right, yeah. It because baked have... beans are delicious. Yeah. And vegan gluten-free pizza is fucking disgusting. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Does Boston have a, a cocktail? Like, is there a drink associated with the city of Boston? Beer. Uh, beer. Yeah. Green beer? Green beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sam Adams? Yeah, Sam Adams. I could go with that. Singapore Sling. Little known fact from Boston. <laughs> there you go. Um, so when Otani is pitching, he doesn't hit, correct? Correct. So. Right. So he's not going to be hitting. But right. um, Bob Bob posted a question on our Facebook page of whether Otani being able to pitch and hit is going to be an argument to actually end the DH in the AL. Um, I see where he's coming from. Is it uh, Madison Baumgartner who's really good at hitting also? Yes. And Kershaw can hit too, right? I mean... As as well as a pitcher can hit, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to end the DH. I think everybody invested actually enjoys the DH. I mean... You get more hits, you get more home runs. Fans generally like hits, like home runs. Um, at the end of a game in without the DH, at the end of a game in the NL, you're doing all this pitch hitting and uh, what's it called? Um, double switching, is that what it's called? With two substitutes in? Yeah. Um, which is interesting strategically, but it slows the game down. And is boring. Uh, yeah. 
I think it gets back to Joel to what, something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, which is uh, an overall fascination with protecting your assets. Right. And because the these stars are paid so much money. I don't think teams are willing to even risk giving him any more at-bats than they feel absolutely comfortable with. So, for instance, right now, Otani, they have him on a schedule that's supposed to go, like, every Sunday he pitches, which is longer than the five-game rotation that that pitchers typically go with. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, they don't let him hit in the game immediately after the game that he's pitched either. So they're like giving him an extra day of rest between when he pitches and when he hits again. So he's not even, he's not even, they're almost spreading him thin on both accounts Mm -hmm. to accommodate him doing both. And I think that the only reason they're even doing that is because he's such a unique talent and has the ability to succeed in both of those roles. Well, and to put butts in seats. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. He's like an attraction. He's like right. a, a circus freak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's hilarious, though, because I was listening to the MLB Wingo podcast a couple of days ago, and they were talking about Otani, and they were talking about how they felt a little guilty because one of the guys on that podcast has been a huge Mike Trout fan and promoter for years and years and years. And uh, now yeah. and now he is completely caught up in Otani fever also, along with everybody else. And now the Angels are the Angels are the second best team in the AL right now, right behind Boston. Right. Um, and so I'm getting kind of a, a sick sick pleasure. It's not even Schadenfreude because I don't feel that way about Mike Trout. But suddenly, people are paying attention to the to the LA Angels now. Even though they've had the best player in the entire Major League Baseball for like five years or something like that. It's just yeah. Well, I wonder if that'll hurt his chances to be the the favorite every year for uh, most valuable player. You know, maybe does that like downgrade his worth to the team? I don't know. I doubt. I mean. I doubt it statistically. Yeah, but it's not all statistics. Yeah. We've, right. we've gone through that in depth, I think. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that on podcast a bunch. So I, think that, I think that Mike Trout is kind of an anomaly because I don't think that he doesn't have the kind of superstar. He has the superstar talent and doesn't have the superstar draw right. that should go with it. Because yeah. he's so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty robotic, huh? He's kind yeah, of he's like he's like a piece of white bread with the crust cut off. You know what I mean? Like that's that's his personality. He's like the Michelin Man, but doesn't smile as much. Well, he's the spokesman of Subway, right? So he's like the Subway of deli sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> But he's also Ryan Howard, rest in peace, is also a spokesman for Subway Sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you didn't hear? Yeah. (laughs) You need to listen to a podcast, man. Eli, right now it's dead. Was it a a candy bar related? (laughs) Too many candy bars. Wait, no, not Ryan Howard. Yeah, Ryan Howard. Yeah, Ryan Howard. But he didn't eat candy bars. Dwight Howard. You're thinking of Dwight Howard. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. It's Dwight Howard. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Howard. Um, oh, yeah. Ryan Howard also was the spokesperson for Subway. Was, was he really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Howard, the baseball player. Wait, are you saying that Dwight Howard and Ryan Howard were spokespeople for Subway? No, Ryan Howard and Mike Trout. And Mike Trout, okay. Yeah. I was, if you were saying that Ryan Howard and Dwight Howard were spokespeople for Subway Sandwiches, my mind is going to be blown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, really, though, the real MVP is Bartolo Colon. 
You're yes. Here. Yeah. Um, the like lifetime achievement award for excellence of all time goes to Bartolo Colon. If you didn't know, la- uh, what day was it? Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Sunday night game. Sunday night game. Uh, Bartolo Colon pitched seven perfect innings against the Houston Astros uh, in a pitcher's duel with Justin Verlander. Uh, who gave up one hit. Who gave up one hit. Uh, but Cologne took a perfect game into the eighth. He gave up a walk and a hit in the eighth and then sat down. The game went into extra innings, and the Rangers ended up winning in extra innings. So he gets, he got the no decision then, right? Which is kind of yep. sad. Um, but, man, Bartolo Cologne for ever. I am... He's, 44 years old, nicknamed <laughs> Big Sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Weighs 500 pounds. And it is not an ironic nickname. No. <laughs> Half of it is. Half of it is. I don't know. He's pretty sexy. Guess which <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, yeah. No, Botolo Cologne is, is like the Homer Simpson of Major League Baseball. Yeah. He's like Latin Homer Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that episode where it ends with the verb to to pull a Homer to succeed in despite of yourself? Yeah. And they actually have Magic Johnson in that episode, and he Magic Johnson falls down and hits a three and says, "Hey, I pulled a Homer." Yeah. I imagine that's what Botolo Cologne's wife is like. Well, see. I think it's more like the Simpsons episode that's the softball episode. Sure. Where they, you know, Homer hits all of those home runs, right? Before they hire all the ringers. Right, with his magic bat. With his magic bat. Yeah. And anyway, he's like hitting these home runs and like he's got one on videotape and they're watching it and he's like, go ahead, boy, play that again in slow-mo. And they play it in slow-mo and like, his entire body is like sloshing back and forth, like it's filled with jello. You know what I mean? It's like all of his fat rolls are kind of like going back and forth and up and down. And that's kind of what it's like, I think, for Bartolo Cologne in slow motion. If you were to like slow it down, it would be a similar sort of situation. Well, <laughs> so where Daryl Strawberry falls into an alternate universe. No, no, Ozzy Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daryl Strawberry gets to play. He's the only one who actually makes it. He's to the, the only last one game. who makes it to the game. <laughs> um, I believe the first episode we ever broadcast our walk on music was the theme song to that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Classic. What? It keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah. Jesse will be Jesse will be happy with us. So we, yeah. got, we got Simpson transcripts. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, though, is pitching duels, because we've talked a lot about the explosion of home run rates in Major League Baseball over the last about two and a half years. But there's something about a pitching duel that is really exciting and really compelling um, in a way that, like, a 10-8 game is not. At least I feel that way. I was really, really invested in this Bartolo Colon versus Justin Berlander battle. Yeah, I think it probably has... Oh. I think it probably has something to do with um, the fact that these guys are standing up and sitting down amazing professional athletes who have succeeded in life uh, by being able to hit the crap out of, you know, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And for whatever reason, on that given night, uh, both pitchers are playing at peak performance and it's a rarity, whereas yeah. that you, you expect some consistency from nine guys to get some hits. Uh, when, when you're getting one guy who's dominating nine um, and, you, and it's happening on both teams at the same time, it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's stressful also. It's stressful for the defense. I love that. I love it when the defense is excited about their pitcher doing really well. And so they're going all out to make amazing stops to try to preserve, you know, maybe his no-hitter or at least his, like, really good game that he's pitching. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a cool It's a cool dynamic of, you know, it's... It's a little like, you know, a tennis match or, or a boxing match where you've got this one-on-one as, aspect. But like you said, it's also one-on-nine. Right. And you've got the supporting cast of the defense because in order to go deep with a no-hitter or one-hitter, the pitcher has to have a lot of luck and some great defensive plays. Yeah. yeah, I think I think also another thing that's really kind of compelling about it is that, like, it happens. I feel like it's more often that you get a game in which 10 runs are, or more are scored, like, combined, mm-hmm. which would be, like, a 5-6 five, five, game or, like, you know, 7-3, something like that. Then you have that are games that are, like, 0-0 zero, zero or 1-0 going into the uh, – seventh or eighth inning, you know? Yeah. And and it's also, it's kind of a thing where you'll be watching the game and maybe you're not like, unless it's a pitcher who's like striking out everybody all the time, you maybe don't notice until like maybe the fifth or sixth inning. And then you're like, oh wait, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) This guy's only giving up one hit. You know what I mean? Like that's incredible. It's like the fifth or sixth inning and Big Sexy is out there. Yeah. Sweating bullets, and he hasn't given up a hit or a walk. You know, right? Yeah. Can I can I tell you a little fun anecdote? And I and I hate to keep jumping back to this game that I was at, but <laughs> you uh, bastard. <laughs> you know the 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 running theory is if you're at a game and this is happening, whether or not it's a perfect game or no hitter, do not talk about it. Right? Yes, I like, had. That's, yeah, that's like the rule of all things superstitious about baseball is you do not talk about uh, amazing pitching performances to this caliber. And so I'm watching this game and Rick Purcell is pitching for the Red Sox and he has a no hitter through five innings. Oh, wow. And I'm really getting excited because here I am thinking, oh my God, maybe I'm at a game that's going to be a no hitter. And then there's a rain delay. Which would be amazing. Which would be, yeah, the, the, yeah. the chances of the probability of that happening are so low, especially when you don't go to a lot of games in real life. Um, so then there was a rain delay, and oftentimes when there are rain delays, teams just won't bring back their starting pitchers because right. they cool down. Um, you know, they don't want them to get hurt having to cool down and warm back up. But, of course, in this circumstances, he's pitching – a no hitter. So I'm sitting in the rain and I'm like, mm, I hope they bring back out Rick. I hope they bring back out Rick. And lo and behold, they do. And then I'm sitting there like a little kid at a candy store. And I went with my friend who is a Yankee fan. And he had come in from New York and he turns to me and he says, Holy shit, Rick Purcell is pitching a no hitter. Uh. And I'm like, No! <laughs> oh, but he's and a Yankees next- fan. So. He, he played right. Yeah. Right. And the, the next batter uh, was uh, hit a double to center field. Oh, no. Yeah. So it worked. He jinxed him. He jinxed him. Yeah, I think about that because that's one of my favorite baseball superstitions. And when the pitcher comes back into the dugout and nobody looks at him or talks to him and he's just all alone and he uh, I yeah. I really, really love that. I worry kind of about the karma aspect of the internet because meanwhile, while this is happening, the entire internet is blowing up with people talking about the possibility of a no-hitter. Yeah. yeah. So so I wonder about well, that, you know, spiritually. Well, there's, there's also something different about being at the ballpark, I think, because I'm, this reminded me of another thing uh, that I heard about the other day where there was this guy, he was a Royals pitcher, and he had a no-hitter going through 
the fifth, and he'd like walked three or four guys in the game. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the fifth inning, he's coming in, and the manager turns to the pitching coach, and he's like, "If he labors, if he's laboring again next inning, we'll just pull him." He's like, "Just get ready to get somebody up in the bullpen." And the pitching coach was like, "No, what are you talking yeah. about?" He, he's pitching a no-hitter right now. Right. And the manager was totally oblivious to that. Right. He, he just said, like, like, let's walk. His pitcher has, like, walked, maybe, like, threw a pass ball or something. He'd walked a couple guys. And he was like, he's having a real hard time out there. We got to be ready to, like, move quickly if this starts to go bad because he's he's having an off night. And it's just, like... You know, what Eli said maybe about his friend who maybe wasn't paying close attention or like what you were saying about how Twitter knows everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like when you're there and if you're in it, maybe you don't know, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, they're not checking Twitter. Like, well, but that's the question. Is the important thing that the pitcher, I mean, the pitcher knows. He knows he's pitching a no-hitter. Yeah. Um. But is the important thing not to talk to him about it or is the important thing not to mention it? Because that's a very, you know, superstitious belief that if the words come out of your mouth, you've jinxed it. You've, you know, you've, because a a no-hitter has something to do with magic because it's, it is, you know, you need a shit ton of skill and a shit ton of luck in order to throw a no-hitter. And so that kind of luck will be jinxed by, you know, speaking the words of it. Like Lumpel Yeah, you can't it. say it out loud. You can't say it out loud. But can you tweet yeah, about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also to get back to this idea that players are not checking Twitter during the game, I'm pretty sure most of them are checking to see whether or not Dump on the Up is trolling them. So Oh, they better be. We need to up yeah. our troll game then. <laughs> um yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, Bartolo Colon. I mean, I loved watching that pitching duel because you had Verlander, who is still one of the best pitchers in all he's of Major League Baseball. Either though. No, he's not. No, but he's not. He's what? Four, he's not a. He's six, right? Yeah, but he's not an overweight forty-four year old. Right. Yeah, his nickname is not Big Sexy. No. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And. The the commenters, one of whom is A-Rod, but mostly Mendoza, who I like now, she was talking a lot about their different quote-unquote styles. But it was basically, Verlander is throwing <laughs> targeted high-velocity pitches, and Cologne is throwing, you know, breaking balls, off-speed balls. Junk is not the right word. What's the right word I'm... Looking for junk you. is the right yeah. word. Yeah, he's yeah. throwing junk and he's <laughs> and getting this no hitter, and it was just amazing. <laughs> um, um, so I wanted to nominate uh, Bartolo Colon to our first class of uh, dump on the ump all stars. I I will second. And I I cannot think of a better candidate to be our inaugural yeah. member of the Dump on the Ump All Star uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think um, he he kind of exemplifies our beliefs in yep. uh, the way he plays, his physique, yeah. his sexiness levels, our target body shape, our target body shape. And just the size of his fucking balls too, uh, right? Yeah. So, right. so he's um, on that pedestal of elite athletes that are, you know, like he's pretty much Tom Brady of baseball performing at peak after forty, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He is the Tom Brady of baseball. I will. I will. Uh, you can quote us on that one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, congratulations, Botolo Cologne. What should we send him? We should send him something in the mail. Like a, well, we should definitely tweet at him. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we won't troll him. Right. I feel like he deserves a plaque or something. I'll look into that. Yeah. See if anybody's got plaques that, that uh, we can buy. 
on the cheap. You know, we should just find out what he likes because he probably likes something weird. You know what I mean? Like he's probably really into troll dolls or something <laughs> like that, you know? And we should just find one and send it to him. That's a really good idea. What does yeah. he collect? <laughs> well, you know, we could just we could just send troll dolls to the winners of the to the like to get, members of the Hall of Fame. To get trolled, them. congratulations. We we are literally trolling you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. But in a good way. We respect you. Yeah. So he he apparently applied for a trademark on the big sexy nickname. Uh-huh. Uh, on plans of making apparel out of it, so maybe we should make and sell some big sexy gear in his honor. <laughs> Until we get a cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, that's pretty right. nice. I like that idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. All right, we'll that's put it like right down Main Street for us, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. All right. To all I, of our I, law enforcement listeners, please keep your eyes closed. To all of our law enforcement, yeah. List, yeah. To all of our <laughs> law enforcement listeners, uh, tweet at us the numbers of good attorneys that you know. Yeah. Yeah. The attorneys that you hate the most. Yeah, we need those. We all good. We want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and not Michael Cohen. He's off. He's off. No. Yeah. No. Not Michael Cohen. <laughs> Oh, that'd be right. bad. There are no secrets with that guy. God no. <laughs> God no. Um, all right, guys. Uh, you know what time? What it's time for though? Uh, no. It's time. I mean, for, I think I do, but I want you. It it is time for the Quidditch corner. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> hell yeah. Quidditch corner. Um, all right, we gotta find some good music for that, huh? Um. Congratulations to the University of Rochester, uh, the Festivals, I'm pronouncing that wrong, for their victory, Festivals, for their victory in um, the 2018 U.S. Quidditch Cup from Red Rock, Texas. Wasn't it the college championship? Yeah, it was. was. There are two, there were actually two brackets. There's the... College bracket and the community bracket. So there, there were actually two different tournaments because we were kind of, we were trying to figure that out last time. The last time we had a Quidditch corner, um, right? The winner of the community bracket was Texas Cavalry. So congratulations to them too. But I mean, there were a lot fewer teams in the community bracket than the college bracket. College bracket was pretty intense. Um, also, uh, Rochester beat uh, University of Texas to to in the final. Um, and I tweeted at um, the U.S. Quidditch Cup Twitter account, trying to figure out, because what I really wanted to know is who was favored. Uh, was this an upset or not? Because, I mean, if Rochester upset Texas in football, that would be huge. Um, but they never tweeted back at me. But Well, so I, I can tell you that UR is the first school from the Northeast region to ever win nationals. Oh, wow. Huh, that surprises me. Um, uh, and according to their school paper, the team captain, Ethan Warren, said, quote, I never thought we'd see ourselves here. <laughs> Dream big, man. Dream and that big. was Rochester University? Yeah. Rochester, yeah. It seems like the Northeast would be good with Quidditch, I feel like. <clears throat> no? You think it's one of those things like all sports where, like, you know, they were founded in the Northeast or started anyways getting big here, but then because of amazing weather, massive human beings, they just get better and better down south. Yeah. In the yeah. In Texas. Yeah. In Texas. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean if 
makes sense. <laughs> well, Sam, you posted that on our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so, so check us out because I love actually watching Quidditch. It's fun to watch. People get into it. Um, so yeah, I, I was trying to watch it, and I like I was not that into it. Oh really? Honest. I I mean it's. I, I, I want to go to the. I want to go to a game. I want to go to yeah. a live game really badly because yeah. I feel like to really appreciate a sport, like you can't watch it streaming online. Like, you have to go there and feel the energy, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, And you gotta, like, there's gotta be, you gotta pick a team and then root for them. But I couldn't get into that clip, I'll be honest. I know okay. that I'm, maybe we'll be shoved out of the Quidditch corner after saying that. <laughs> how, dare, how dare you offend <laughs> the Quidditch corner? <laughs> um, I want to play some Harry Potter music right now, but no, I'm not gonna do that. Um... So yeah, check check that shit out. Um, okay, so we've got about five minutes left. Um, any other topics we need to cover? We've done a pretty good job. I think that probably there are. Yeah. Uh, well, the I don't think we talked about the Mets, the other yes sort of dream that's happening right now. And I know that there are probably if, if they, we have New York listeners, there are probably some Mets fans out there. So. Uh, might as well give them their due while they last. What do you guys think? Right. Do you think this is a uh, the start of a sustained winning that will happen throughout the seasons, or the Mets will go where the Mets so often go and down? I mean, I, uh, go ahead, Sam. Well, I think that that story is like the entire story of the New York Mets in the past seven years. Right. It, they are dominating right now because they have an elite pitching staff, which yeah. they've had for seven years. They just can never all stay healthy. So, that being said, if this is the year where the Mets pitching lineup of five young aces stays healthy, then they could be for real. I don't think that they have the depth uh, in their regular lineup or in their backup pitching lineup to sustain a season ending ending injury or like long stretches of time on the DL for any of these young guys. So <clears throat> are they for real? Potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, it all depends on if they can stay healthy. Yeah. Which is a big, uh, and if they can, then absolutely. That's what I, that's what I'd like to say. If they can stay healthy, then they are absolutely for real. Um, I agree 100% with what you just said. I would add, though, uh, and we've talked, we talked, I, it might have been off air, but we talked about this a little bit with uh, the Red Sox last week, where even if the Red Sox cool off, which they probably will, they've already got a four-and-a-half game lead, and that's money in the bank. Right. And the Mets already have three games ahead of second place Philadelphia in the NL East. They've got four and a half games over the Washington Nationals, who I think we all thought were going to be the best team in the uh, NL East. And if you're looking even at wild card, they've got three and a half games ahead of St. Louis, who would be the number two wild card team right now if the playoffs started in April. My only point being that, you know, three and a half games is can be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And that the Mets have money in the bank right now. Yeah, I feel like it's way too early for you to be counting leads by three three games though. I mean Yeah. You know, it just there's too many games left for that difference not to change potentially change i'm not saying it will yeah. change but potentially change four or five times you know it could go up and down from that and yeah and no, I, all I see the what, way into the yeah. basement of that division but to your point sam and uh, you know i agree that perhaps if they stay healthy they can sustain but isn't it sort of the the Shakespearean tragedy that the Mets <laughs> will not stay healthy. Absolutely. And that they will Absolutely. lose. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, yeah, that is the case, but for whatever reason, you know, it won't be the case. No, totally. And I think that uh, they, they, the Mets, usually they go down, somebody goes down before the season starts, and that's been their history. But this year, they're all healthy to start the season. And they have another guy who's one of their guys who, I don't know, he's been out for two years with Tommy John surgery named Zach Wheeler. Uh, and he's in the minor leagues, like, working his way back up. So, uh, you know, I'm not a Mets fan, so I'm not going to say this could be the year because I think that probably it won't. I don't think that Harvey can stay healthy. Um, DeGrom and Thor, maybe. Uh, but it's just, it's, just, it's just relying too much on everybody being healthy. Like I don't think it's a team that can can support the loss of one of those guys. Right. Okay. No so-called resiliency. No, it's tough. Also, it's like, you know, it's New York. The Mets is a hard team to play for because nobody really fucking cares. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I mean, you know, no one really cares about the Yankees either. But like, they care more about the Yankees than they do about the Mets. You know, uh-huh. New York is a very ambivalent sports town. So I'm looking at baseball prospectus right now. They've got the twelve and three Mets. At a 47.9% odds of making the playoffs. <laughs> They've got the 11-5 Pittsburgh Pirates at a 26.4% chance of making the playoffs. They do not wow. think the Pirates are going to sustain that success. And probably not the Mets. Although that's close to a 50-50 call rate. <laughs> but how about someone like the Yankees? Who are are they even five hundred right now? Yeah, no, they still have the Yankees as an eighty-three percent chance of making the playoffs. How much? Eighty-three wow. percent. They think eighty-three percent. Eighty-three percent. Jesus. They've got the Red Sox at eighty-four percent. The Yankees at eighty-three percent. The Indians at ninety percent because it's wow. the AL Central. Um, and then the Astros at 86%. And then they've got the Angels at 45%. Twins at 36 And Blue Jays at 26 So, yeah. They think, they, they, they think the Yankees are going to be for real. But they also think the Red Sox are going to be for real. Uh, obviously. I, think the Reds, I mean, I don't know, man. The Yankees pitching sucks. Yeah, I think the Yankees, I mean, we are all biased, but the Yankees have some serious, serious shit that they have to figure out. They have some real problems. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have some real problems. Um, so, and their yeah. biggest problem is that they fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so let's wrap this up. Of the teams... And here, if you name the Yankees, you have to name a second team also. But okay. of the teams who are underperforming right now, which ones do you think are in the most trouble? And I'm looking at the Yankees at eight and seven. I'm looking maybe at the Indians at eight and six. Um, really, the NL, the Nationals are eight and nine. The Cubs are seven and seven. The Dodgers are six and nine. Uh, which one of those teams do you think are, are should are most in trouble? Maybe not panicking, but are most in trouble. I think Can we the, say besides the Yankees, because I think if you say I mean, the if you say the Yankees, you have to say somebody else too. Okay. You can say the Yankees. Well, I think the Yankees are facing the stiffest competition for winning the division. And I'm, yeah. I say that unbiasedly. I think that, like, of any of those teams that you just named, the Red Sox are the strongest team in competition directly for the top of a division. That's true. I would agree with that. And I feel like that's a very fair thing to say. Yeah. yeah. I think that the Nationals and both the Dodgers uh, should be concerned. Um, you know, the NL East is off to a pretty strong start across the board with the exception of the Marlins, but 
Um, you know, the Nationals, they've hit well. I think that their pitching has not been great. Um, and then the Dodgers are 6-9, and nine, yeah. um, and the Diamondbacks and Rockies both have double-digit wins. So, you know, there'll be some ground to be made up there. Right. Last question. What should a Quidditch team be named? <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you need to put on your XFL hat right now. <laughs> uh, there's so many good names. I know. I love Can we let that one relish until next week and have a whole segment yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, think about your best. Something for our listeners to look for. Yes, to. listeners, yeah. if you get this far, we can also. We can also uh, yeah, let's ask. Let's, let's farm that out to yeah. Facebook and see what's out there. Yeah, let's ask the internet what our uh, giant broomsticks comes to mind <laughs> immediately. Something with the bludgers, like the bloody bludgers. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, don't yeah. give all the good ones away. <laughs> bursting bludgers. Yeah. You. <clears throat> you. That's, that's, good. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, Internet, we'll make you do the we'll, we'll, uh, crowdsource this one. Um, the Curious Quaffle. Ooh, that's a good one. <clears throat> that sounds like one of those balls in Harry Potter world. Yeah. You know? Well, the Quaffle is... Wait, isn't that... Um, one of the Isn't things. that as quick? It's like the basketball. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what about snitches get stitches? Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be someone out there already called snitches get stitches. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> snitches get witches? Witches get snitches get stitches. Yeah. Uh, huh. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Um, again... Listen to us on all your social media platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Visit us on WordPress. Um, And, hey, thanks again. Listen to us next week. Have a good night. We're going to play you out with some Harry Potter theme music. Maybe. There we go. So I've got to get this timed out so that every time we do the Quidditch Corner, this is what's fun. This is from the theme song. Yeah. I mean, this is from the movie. Yeah. This week in the Quidditch Corner. <laughs> I think we're on to something. <laughs>